With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey friends, it's TJ Zuppi and Zach Meisel. And you did just hear from us, so don't adjust your podcast machine. We're back again. In the episode we prefer not to be doing, but we felt it was necessary to hop on and discuss on a bonus episode of the Selby is Godcast. Zach, I was hoping to talk to you to maybe discuss all of the middle infielders the Indians seemingly have hit on because they're all just tremendous in the spring training, but unfortunately, that's not what we're here to discuss. I thought you wanted to discuss Frankie versus Francisco. <laughs> we'll get to that because I think there's some... We have some serious stuff to discuss and maybe leave people on a semi-serious slash semi-comical note. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think this is not news to anybody, but, um, you know, there's been reporting done in The Athletic, and it, you could extend it back a month um, about, I think we've learned a lot about maybe demeanor and the way Mickey Calloway went about things, not only as the manager of the Mets, um, but during his time in Cleveland as a pitching coach, and some pretty important revelations. I think there's a lot that you can take away, and regardless of who knew what, when, and what was maybe swept under the rug, or what was, what actually went on, I think the bottom line is this is just a really disappointing reflection on how this organization has handled certain things, and whether or not they knew about um, Mickey Calloway's harassment, whether or not, they, you know, they knew, I mean, we know that they knew about some certain infidelity and no matter what your takeaway is, because I've seen it all over the map, right? I mean, there are some people who say, okay, the guy cheated on his wife and, you know, that's not illegal. And I've seen some people say, burn it all down and fire everybody. I think the bottom line is <clears throat> that people in positions of power might have known more than they let on. And Chris Antonetti a month ago said, look, it is really a shame that our organization may have fostered a culture that made women uncomfortable in the workplace, whether they're just media members who are around the team or team employees. Um, and this this speaks to that. And this just kind of further hammers that home. And when you, whenever anyone talks about this franchise and you want to say that the Dolans don't spend money and... You know, they have these faults, but everybody always says, but they run a really good ship and the culture in the organization is top notch and everybody wants to work there and never wants to leave. And that's why people last 20 plus years. And um, the one thing you could say is that the culture is great. And we're finding out that there were cracks in that foundation. And, you know, I think it speaks to a larger problem, not just in the organization, not just in the sport, I think in the in general, in the world, that it shouldn't require a woman coming forward and, you know, risking her career or jeopardizing, you know, things in her life to to have people be treated normally and properly. And, I mean, MLB can talk about 
how it's created a, a secure hotline for women to call in to report things like this. Um, but clearly, the, the main takeaway was that <clears throat> for years, women in this organization have not felt comfortable or confident enough to report this kind of thing. And it was something that was talked about by everybody from players' wives to potentially Terry Francona and Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff. And so I, no matter what, if you want everybody fired, if you don't think it's necessary, I think you know, your takeaway can be that this is really, really disappointing and that it, it speaks to a huge issue that really hits home in sports and in baseball especially. And clearly this, you know, this, this organization is not immune and they're going to have to have answers for it. And the team statement they put out after putting their heads together for seven or eight hours was pretty sad and pointless. Yeah, it didn't, um, add, it didn't add much to this. And, and no. the reason why we're recording this today is because The Athletic provided some additional details that have been trickling out since uh, the initial reporting was done by you guys. And it does shed some light on what it appears to be some additional knowledge within the organization of Mickey Calloway at least doing some things that were at the very least icky and immoral. Uh, but that not that in itself is not necessarily a fireable offense or something that uh, is going to be problematic. It's perhaps some of the additional details that we don't yet know whether or not the organization knew of people around the team, either employees or journalists or anybody that's around on an everyday basis, that they didn't feel comfortable around Mickey. We don't know how much of that the organization truly knew. And that's something we're going to have to get to the bottom of, I think, as I said, the a lot of what was reported today by The Athletic is very icky, and it's clearly not moral decisions, but these are things that are happening within Mickey Calloway's personal life, and the transgressions are between consenting adults, it appears, so that doesn't get much of my focus beyond the organizational knowledge that something, that this is something that they need to watch for, at least, be on the lookout for in the future, but I think the bigger disappointment on my end is the revelation that they don't have a culture, at least they didn't at the time, where employees felt comfortable enough being able to come forward and report something like that mm -hmm. and feel like they were going to be really heard. And at the most basic of levels, they've failed their employees in that regard, and they need to answer for that. This is as you said, an organization that really prides itself on how it treats their, their employees, their people, the culture that they look to breed within the organization. Uh, they talk a lot about the delegation within the front office, and I know you have written extensively about uh, people on their first day having their opinions heard and feeling like they are contributing, and that's something they like. That's something that they pride themselves on and kind of mm -hmm. hang their hat on as an organization. And this, to me, is severely disappointing because that's the standard that they set for themselves, and they clearly fell short. Now, what did they know about how the employees or anyone else around the team felt about Mickey, and when did they know it? That's the, the most important thing that we need to get to the bottom of. But if you're going to break it down to the most basic of levels and even try to give... And I don't know if they're deserving of it, but some benefit of the doubt here, 
you can break it down and say it is absolutely beyond disappointing that the culture that they have looked to create and say that they have and feel like they have is not there. It's not up to it's not up to par. It's not up to the level of the standard that they have set. And they've got to look at themselves now in the mirror and realize that it ain't what they say it is or felt like it is. And they're going to have to do some serious uh, reflection within themselves and within the entire organization. Yeah, I mean, a month ago, Chris Antonetti said that there had never been a complaint lobbied to HR right. or to him. But that speaks to the bigger issue of no one felt comfortable. And, yeah, I, I mean... It's tough because I could see on to an extent maybe front office people being somewhat insulated from this because look there are two separate issues here I mean no we're not it's not illegal to be adulterous right but that's not what this is and so at some point you know there there had to be knowledge at least bare minimum on the coaching staff that this person was preying on any woman within eyesight because if players wives knew about it um you know the people who share locker room with the guy know about it as well you had pitchers mentioning that he was you know eyeing whoever was in the stands and talking to to female fans instead of paying attention during pre-game throwing sessions so yeah i mean it's early in this process and terry francona who who was put out in front of the media today, which it was, I really thought Antonetti should have been the one to talk today and yeah, not Francona. I, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm with you there. And Francona's statement, I didn't feel like it really scratched any sort of itch. Not that the team statement later that they had the time to put together did either. You know, and Tito starts it by saying it's not the right time to talk about it, but when is? You know, when when is the right time to talk about it? It should be right, right now. I, I understand that they're still in the, the process of gathering all of the facts, and you know, I believe in some degree of due process here and getting to the mm-hmm. bottom of this. All of that's good. Uh, you know, you want the truth to come out, no matter what the truth is. But I don't think anything that was said today, in, in one regard, was ever going to do much for anybody. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it... It didn't. You know, nothing that was said today made you feel any better about what the the structure inside the organization is. Well, and after saying that he wasn't going to say anything, and and saying that I, you know, he said I, I do hope at some point we're able to answer some of these questions because I think we need to. Just know that we take this very very seriously. I apologize, but that's where it is today. And then two minutes later, he couldn't help himself but say. Nobody's ever deliberately covered up for anybody. I can tell you that. Well, if you have such a strong statement like that, then clearly there's more here that you're willing to reveal, or there's a reason behind that. But before anyone could follow up, yeah. you know, we had to switch to topic of Josh Naylor's ankle and Gabriel Arias' <laughs> yeah. timeline. So. Well, I mean, I get it. It's a tough situation, and it's one that is originates with Mickey Calloway. So let's not lose sight of the fact that this all stems from him and his personal choices. And like I said, at the bare minimum, he's made some really bad ones and put the organization in this position. But then the organization then has to deal with that information. And a lot of times, it, I, I don't know if cover-up is the right word here, but the cover-up is worse than the crime itself. The response to w- what you do with the information can be so much bigger and more important because it sets a standard within your team, and it, it sets a precedent that certain things won't be tolerated. 
and clearly the team fell short. Now, Zach, can I see a situation where you walk through what the the meat of that athletic report was, what about 75 to 80% of that was about the the reported adultery with this woman and the husband that was clearly very upset and contacting the Indians and contacting Major League Baseball. Can I see a scenario where the Indians, that's all that they knew and they were just taking care of that situation that they didn't know about uh, certain things happening with the employees around the team feeling uncomfortable around Mickey or some of the other things that have been reported. Can I see a scenario where that's true? Yes. But either way, the Indians come away failing their employees, either knowingly or unknowingly. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's still the team's responsibility to know these sorts of things. And as I said, if nothing else, it should put you, it should put it right on your radar that this is something that we need to be paying attention to with with someone like like Mickey, that we need to be aware of situations like this. It can't come as a total surprise. And I I don't want to put words in Antonetti's mouth, but I don't think what he said originally when this all happened, I I don't know how you can say those sorts of things if what is being reported by The Athletic is 100% truth. Yeah, and keep in mind, he was, I mean, this all happened and then he was hired by the Mets to be like, the face of their franchise, um, which really makes you think. And, and this never came up. Like the Mets never contacted, I mean. never contacted the Indians. And I, got, I, I don't know what the responsibility is for the team, uh, for the Indians to contact the Mets before this hiring happens. But I would imagine somebody within New York would have reached out to the Indians organization that this never gets brought up or never made a major red flag. But I think that's the issue. Is this sort of behavior? where you're identifying any woman in your vicinity, uh, like you're targeting them. I think that's just, that behavior is so commonplace. That's the problem. That's the crux of the issue here, is it's so widely accepted. And it it fosters this culture where, I mean, I can't tell you how many female reporters, like I know who, who walk into a clubhouse and like every day they have to deal with people sliding into their DMs and, um, or, or just eyeing them differently or not treating them the way they would treat, you know, a crusty old man who, who is trying to interview them. And so it's just, it, it's the entire environment. And it's, it's the fact that it's been this way for so long. No one's ever done anything about it. And, and so they're just, people are used to it. So, oh, yeah, you know, Mickey's, uh, he's out. He's got a, he's bringing a different woman to his hotel room tonight. Yeah. You know, that's three and three nights here in Kansas City. Like, that's just... You know, that behavior is sort of just, you don't even think twice about it. And I think that's, that's the issue that is, is the main takeaway from, from this one example. And, and yeah. it's just, it's a shame. Yeah, but people are going to make their own personal choices. And if, again, it's coming down to consenting adults, these are things they're doing in their personal lives away from the field. And if it's not taking away from their ability to perform their jobs, you know, all, all those things I can understand why are you People are going to make their own choices, but it's when it extends beyond and it does become something where reporters covering the team, employees around the team, just not comfortable to be around somebody. When it steps into that harassment territory, that's where it becomes a major problem. Major League Baseball is going to continue this. I don't know where it's going to end up. And according to the the, the team, they're doing all the, the things you would expect they were going to do, investigate 
cooperate with the investigation in Major League Baseball and not offer anything uh, tangible. At the end, they add, we remain committed to creating an inclusive work environment where everyone, regardless of gender, can feel safe and comfortable at all times. We will let our actions, not just our words, reflect our commitment. Well, as we've laid out here, uh, no matter what they knew, on some level, they've they've failed. But they couldn't even take that culpability in the statement. I mean, it's like the reporting doesn't reflect who we think we are. We don't think the reporting reflects who we are. Well... You are what you are. I mean, it's it's pretty clear. What you think yeah. you are doesn't matter. It's what your actions show. Unless, I mean, unless they're just saying that the f- facts in the reporting are wrong or not all the facts are out there, but it still doesn't... It doesn't completely excuse any of this. It doesn't remove them from some sort of accountability. And I don't think they... I think you're right. I don't think they've quite taken enough of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... I don't know. I'm surprised we didn't hear from Chris Antonetti. I'm surprised they trotted Terry Francona out there and did so before they released a statement. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see Several if we ever hear. Before. Yeah. Will we ever hear from Paul Dolan? Certainly wouldn't hold my breath on that. And you but, know, I mean, that's I, one time. I mean, he should be out there. Yeah. This is well. this is something that we've given him a lot of credit for. What he doesn't do, spending money. What he does do in having a culture that leads to success and people want to be in and people value working for the organization, well, this is your baby. This is your thing. This is the one piece of credit that I've been wanting to give to ownership over the years. And this is something that he needs to be out there too. I, I, it, it just, in my opinion, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think everyone was asking me, when this first came out, you know, is, is this going to cost Francona his job? Is it going to cost Antonetti his job? I don't know. But the longer something like this goes on, the, the less confidence I have that if MLB is in control of this and it's just an investigation, yeah. I, I don't really think there will be too much in terms of uh, punishment. I just, I, well, it's when I, has that ever, I mean, <laughs> like the Astros, yeah. like barely face penalties. So who knows? Yeah, well, that's an entirely different yeah, I just mean MLB investigations in general don't tend to produce much in terms of results. And and by letting this just linger on, I mean, Terry Francona can say until he's blue in the face that, like, I hope there's a day that we can, day soon that we can, uh, you know, really dive into the details on this. Yeah, like, that's that's great, but, you know, are we really going to, are we supposed to ask? I mean, I'm happy to ask you about this every <laughs> yeah, single yeah, morning, yeah, but no I don't I don't think that is, randomly on like March 18th he's just going to open up and say, "Okay, so here's what I knew when." Yeah, and here here's let's have this tough conversation. Let's do that today. When when is the right time? It comes back to my thought on, "Okay, if you're going to say today is not the day, well, let's make sure that day does come." And not to make light of a really serious situation, but it's like when my son gets put in timeout and he keeps asking every 5 minutes if his timeout is up. It's like in his head, he's concerned that we're going to forget that timeout is continuing on. For as a reporter, you're in this situation and you want to continue to ask, is today the day? Is today the day? But at the same time, continuing to do that probably is not going to lead to where you want either. Based on what we know now, I mean, I, I, I don't know any of these tough questions that you've been asked. There is no right answer right now because we don't know all the facts. And I'm hopeful mm-hmm. that uh, more details will come out. Fun time for the fan base, huh? Gosh. Uh, from that to being told that uh, we're all lazy, apparently. Yeah, let's switch I mean, gears. Where, let's switch where gears. Where we begin with that? Uh, apparently, Francisco Lindor hated Frankie, and 
relayed that on a Mets broadcast and said that people in Cleveland were just getting lazy. Now, I've never been referred to as lazy for shortening somebody's name, but I gotta say, I think Francisco has a point, because for all those people that can, over the years, have called me Tej, like, Wait, what? you don't like that? So what? You couldn't... You couldn't get that last part of J out? Was, is this it, is how you're is, is telling T-J me this? Is TJ not short enough for you that you need to put Zh on that and that's it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think Francisco has a point here. I got to I gotta take you all to task. Never again do I want to hear Tej. I, I don't know if anybody cares, but I've never liked Zach. I've always wanted Zachary. <laughs> And it's just so, I mean, yeah, maybe my mom started calling me Zach when I was a newborn, but, uh, you know, everybody's lazy. (laughs) Look, I I didn't hear the audio of this. I saw people tweeting the the quote that he said, but, like, I I saw some people saying, like, oh, the media always called him this, so what? And I saw some people saying, being offended because they thought he was bashing the fans. Everybody called him that. All of his teammates, all of his coaches called him Frankie. Yeah. The media, the broadcasters. I mean, who? first of all, who cares? So, but, I mean, if you really if you really don't like the nickname and you prefer everybody calls you Francisco, then say that. Like, you never said that in six years in Cleveland. So it's just, it's a little, and then it's, of course, ironic <laughs> because he just got done admitting that he was lazy last season. And, of course, he's going to accuse everybody else of being lazy now. Yeah, let's all just come to an agreement that if we're all coming up with nicknames for each other and we really don't like it, just just let us know. And I won't be offended. You don't want to be called Cluebot anymore? Fine. I didn't really like it to begin with, but just say that, and it will stop happening. He did say that. I know. (laughs) That's my point. (laughs) It's just stopped happening. I didn't hear the audio either. I just saw the quote on Twitter. I have to imagine it was maybe somewhat tongue-in-cheek. I I don't know. Why 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 are things the way they are, Zach? I mean, well, we Zachary... Can also stop, we can also stop caring what people say after they leave. I mean, I think <laughs> the city had this kind of I think there's, I think approach it's just, to Kyrie Irving, too. I think it's just the word lazy. <laughs> why are you calling me lazy? <laughs> lazy? I can easily say Francisco. That's an extra syllable. Francisco. That is fun to say. Just let me know. Francisco. And that will be... From now on, I'm just going to refer to everybody as their entire name. Excuse me. Francisco Lindor. On to the question. Or you could do what... Remember when Jordan Bastion just randomly in a post-game scrum (laughs) just said, Hey, Carrasco. (laughs) How'd you feel out there tonight? Yeah. Now, if, if... Carlos Carrasco tells us that he hates the name Cookie, then I'm just going to... Uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Yeah. I, I don't know. But he's he has at least like posted that yeah. Cookie and stuff. Yeah. In fact, I think his, isn't his Instagram name Cookie Carrasco? Yeah, and but... And his Twitter name? Uh, yeah, yes. And now I got kids banging on the door Let me know that, Dad, it's time for the podcast to end. So it is indeed ending. You can subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you happen to catch your podcasts. And, of course, help support the podcast over at Anchor. And as far as these bonus episodes go, hopefully Zach and I will have something that will make you all happy to announce in the coming weeks. Till then, we'll see everybody later.